Welcome into Two Foreign Drafts. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner, ready to give you a wide receiver class overview for the 2020 NFL Draft. We are live on YouTube, or you also can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcasts, Mike and I are there. But to get back to what we're doing today, I think we have 27 receivers we yeah. want to go over for the 2020 NFL Draft wide receiver class overview. Better be ready for some goddamn wide receiver. This is a lot. It's I mean, people lot. people talk about this class being very good. It's top heavy. There's, I think there's five, six guys that could go in the first round there's that that there's that good of receivers in this class but also it's very deep there's a ton of receivers that'll be there on day two even day three that offer value in this class all 27 of these guys will be in the 2020 nfl draft guide update on february 24th for edge and elite subscribers so we're going to dive into these guys now let's start if i finish it in time you better (laughs) mike we don't have time for you to be making mistakes all right jerry judy and cd lamb the top two guys in this class cd cd lamb right now is pff's number one receiver in the 2020 NFL draft. It'll change. It might change? Uh, it's going to change on Monday? Yeah. Why is it going to change? It's uh, There's the more I dug in, the more I just think I'd rather have Jerry Judy. If I'm like just being completely honest, Jerry Judy, Jesus, Jerry, Jerry Judy, Judy, <laughs> Jerry Judy, the speed aspect is just different than what it is for C.D. Lamb. And that in and of itself in the NFL today is a weapon. Lamb, more complete wide receiver, Judy, the speed, give me that. Yes. So he's going back to number. Jerry Judy has taken over CD Lamb for the top spot. You heard it here first. You'll see it live on Monday. But Jerry Judy over CD Lamb in PFF's latest wide receiver final. rankings, according to PFF underscore and Mike. Final. And I think you'll see at the combine next week what they both run. One's going to be freakish. One's going to be just good. Yep. I think so. Yeah. All right. For you know, for Jerry Judy now the number one receiver in PF according to PFF rankings go. and CD Lamb at number two. Anything else you want to add there for these two guys? I guess give me a, give me a breakdown of both. I would say we've touched on them a ton. Obviously, we've touched on the top of this class a lot at the wide receiver position. But Judy, the worries about him or like the reservations are is a lot from the slot, a lot of scheme production. But when you do see him on the outside, you do see him against press coverage guys don't even like touch him he's mm-hmm. just so quick at the line of scrimmage like we've said it before he moves differently like it's the way he moves now is a little knock knee like it's a little rg3 to him in terms of just his legs kind of flail mm-hmm. but uh, and you know, we worry about and getting injured at his size but like guys don't even touch him so he's not going to get hit a lot uh, so I, I think it's very versatile still very young not even 21 years old yet so there there's a lot to like there and I think when you say moves differently he moves differently in the SEC you talk about Deontay Johnson for Toledo last year you, you said yeah. you know this guy moves differently but it's easier to move different at that level of competition in the MAC I think with him with Jerry Judy what he does against other SEC caliber players SEC caliber talents athletes is incredible because he makes these guys look absolutely foolish before and and after the catch. Yeah, and I mean, as much as I think a lot of the SEC pumping up in terms of their rankings uh, throughout the season can get overblown, there, you know when you're when you're playing an SEC competition, the guys you're playing against will play in the NFL. Like yeah. it's just like that for the most part. You can't say that about the Big Ten. Can't say it about the Big Twelve. Can't say it about you know the the middle middle tier teams in all those conferences uh, are not loaded with NFL talent. They still are in the SEC. That's the mm-hmm. biggest difference to me. Uh, and so like when we say that. We're not being SEC homers. It's just those, the talent is different. It, it is a different level of talent that you're facing there in that conference. I would agree with you 100%. And let's jump to CeeDee Lamb, too. I mean, with CeeDee Lamb, it's not bad that he's going to number two. This guy is still a top receiver in this class, a top 10 player on PFF's overall draft board. And I was talking to Sam Monson about it. He likes Jerry Judy a lot as well. But CeeDee Lamb mm-hmm. right there with Jerry Judy. With CeeDee Lamb, he does a lot of things very well. 
but I don't, I, I don't know if any of those things are like Jerry Judy does separation and ability to have to catch it on a level you just don't see in mm-hmm. college football. Yeah, it, Lamb, it's like it's not even like a knock on him that he's behind Jerry Judy. It's like yeah. these are two of the best wide receiver prospects we've ever graded. Like they're absurd. Yep. His after the catch ability, 26 broken tackles on 62 catches. Like his the screen he took to the house against Kansas State was ridiculous. Almost took them all the way back in that game. He's the highlight reel. You have one-handed catches left and right. You have him, you know, Moss and dudes at the catch point. There just really is not not a lot of things he does poorly. And he has good size as well at 6'2". So, yeah, C.D. Lamb, very much. I mean, someone's you're getting two number one. I feel very confident saying there's two number one wide receivers in this class, like day one, and they are them. Yep. I am 100% with you. We've, I, like you said, we talked about this guy, both of these guys a ton, Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb, both elite talents in this draft class. Right after them, though, number three is LaVisca Chenault of Colorado, a guy that I see outside of the top five in some PFF, you know, some uh, wide receiver rankings for other media outlets and evaluators, but right now at number three for PFF. Yeah, it's it's because he's so special athletically. Like he's 6'2", 220. And he's probably going to run somewhere in the low four fours, and maybe even break four four. Probably going to jump around forty inches. He's just when he gets the ball, he's a threat to take it to the house every single time. And is built like a running back, the way he can break tackles after the catch. Uh, he is more offensive weapon than he is pure wide receiver at this point. But I think some of the like. I, you can develop as a wide receiver. You can develop your route running when you're as athletically gifted as Lavisca Chanel is. You can't go from being a talented route runner to being as athletically gifted as no. this guy. I mean, that, and that's, and that's that that why it yeah. goes back to all evaluators evaluate traits. traits look at yeah. a guy, look at a guy's athleticism, his ability to change direction, his ability to separate, looking at those yeah. specific traits, because LaVisca Chenault's role in 2018 was wildly different yeah. than what his role is in 2019. Evaluating his production or how he performed on the field can be difficult because what he plays at the next level, I think, is going to be very different than what he played this past year. He played almost exclusively mm-hmm. outside receiver at Colorado in 2019 due to injuries. He said that. He said coaches did not want to put him at harm's way in harm's way after all the injuries he did suffer and surgeries he went through. He played majority outside receiver. That's not where he's going to excel at the next level, in my opinion. He could get better as a route runner, maybe see a primary outside receiving role later in his career. But out of the gate, this guy's going to play a Corderell Patterson, yeah, offensive weapon type of role where he's in the backfield, in the slot, playing some outside, getting involved on special teams because, like you said, he's a legit athlete, and that's just not going away. Yeah, broke 29 tackles back in 2018 on 87 catches. That was the most of any guy in the draft class uh, has had in any year. So that's it's pretty, it's pretty good stuff. I would agree with you 100%. Let's go to Henry Ruggs, number four, the, top, the number four receiver in this class, still a top 20 player on PFF's latest draft board, unless that's changing too, Mike. Don't you change too much on me here. But Henry Ruggs at number four, I think, again, and I think people are catching on, Henry Ruggs is just not a deep, is, he's not just a deep threat. Mm-hmm. This guy's a good route runner. I think he got great as a route runner late in the season specifically. I mean, you watch this tape. I say it every time when I bring up Henry Ruggs. Watch his tape against LSU. Yeah. Watch his tape against Christian Fulton. You're going to see a guy that can create separation against what could be a first-round cornerback in the NFL in Christian Fulton. He does it with great change of direction, sets up his routes well, and he's got stupid speed. This mm-hmm. guy could run in the four twos come Indy. Yeah, he's very much so. Uh, very, the straight line explosiveness is as good as it gets in this class. Like He is as fast as it gets in this class. Why he didn't produce more down the football field and at Alabama, 744 yards this past year, only 40 catches. There's something to be like, there's a question mark to be asked there. Why, why he wasn't more featured. You know, you had Jerry Judy, you had Devonta Smith, but like 
if he's really that special, and I, I do think you're if you're putting him as wide receiver one, you're almost doing it to be contrarian. You're putting him over Jerry Judy, yeah. considering the production both had. You know, Jerry Judy, you know, twelve like twenty four hundred yards past two years. Uh, Henry Ruggs only like fourteen hundred over the past two years. Like, there's a re- like if you're on the same team and one guy is vastly outproducing the other, usually one guy is the superior prospect. But there, I mean, there is a lot to like. We still have fourth ranked wide receiver on our board. He's only dropped five passes on 103 catchable his entire college his career. His ball skills are hands. very good. I like his ball skills. He's taken 24 of his 98 catches to the house for a touchdown. So, like, probably could he even had more yards, you know, if it's like he's running into the end zone on a lot of these plays. <laughs> like, he, he very much is a big play threat after the catch is great. But I, I don't think he's quite on the level of the guys in front. Judy I, don't and Lamb. I don't think he's as special after the catch as LaVisca is, and I don't think he's near the route runner, even close to the route runner to Judy or Lamb. I, I think I'm with you there. I will say this about like about the argument or with Henry Ruggs, and he doesn't have the production you know, compared to Jerry Judy, whatever it is. These guys were playing rock, paper, scissors for who's going to get the deep ball before plays. You've seen that clip where they're, they're literally like, hey, who's getting the deep ball? Oh, it's Jerry Judy this time. That's yeah. where it's going. Like These guys are toying. at rock, paper, scissors. That, so here's the take. <laughs> Collins in PFF's latest draft guide. Be tuned for the February 24th update. He can't win rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Henry Ruggs. And, and that's all mental, baby. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, people think it's luck. A lot of that's mental. You setting up set, your yeah, rocks, exactly. setting up your scissors. Never go paper because you're not a bitch. What I you mean, emphasize you when you're, yeah. Anyway, there's my take on uh, rock, paper, scissors. Moving forward from Henry Ruggs, I do think he's a special player, improving as a route runner. I'm not going to buy into, like, he didn't have the same production or whatever. I, I do think, from a trace perspective, this guy's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Not the same level after the catch as LaVisca. And I do think Judy and Lamb are different levels from a route running perspective. But Henry Ruggs. Still very good, like we said. Top 20 player in the 2020 NFL draft. Let's jump to T. Higgins. Yep, T. Higgins is... The big, the big wide receiver in this class. Mm-hmm. Like you look at Lamb, Judy, Chanel, Ruggs, Rager, Ayuk, a- Mims, uh, all those guys. The other guys we mentioned that are going to be in our top ten rankings here. Not a single one. I think over six two mm-hmm. of those. And Ruggs at six four two fifteen or T Higgins, excuse me, at six four two fifteen has that size, has that contested catch ability. Him and Trevor Lawrence, the back shoulder combo was always there. Uh, he called in 15 of his 23 deep targets this year. That was crazy absurd in terms of the efficiency mm-hmm. he showed down the football field. Uh, you know, some of that's obviously having a generational QB throwing you the football. Yeah, but uh, he he has that. He's not just a possession type of wide receiver. He has speed. He has after the catch ability. Uh, 59 catches each of the past two seasons. He's broken double digit tackle, tackles on those catches, which is like. That's good for a bigger wide receiver. It's not you're never going to be on the level of a, you know, a Chanel at six foot four, but that's still very good. The fact that he can do something on, he can create after catch on. Uh, yeah, I really do love what T Higgins brings to the table. I, I said this. I don't. I don't think he separates on the same level as Jerry Judy and Ceedee Lamb. But what he does do very well is ball skills, contested catchability. That shows up time and yeah. time again with how he attacks the football in the air. Moving forward here, let's go to Jalen Rager of TCU. We've talked about Jalen at length on this so podcast, and, and largely because special from a traits perspective, his 2018 season really showed that both on the film and in production from a production standpoint. Point. Really great after the catch, mm-hmm. like dynamic receiver, legit four three speed. I think he's going to impress people at the combine. A deep threat with that I think was limited at TCU. They did, I don't think they used him as I would have used him in the NFL. As I would use oh, him yeah. in the NFL, get him involved in the slot, get him involved in different ways because I think Jalen Rager mm-hmm. is great with the ball in his hands and can really separate. Underrated separator in this class. Yeah, and he's also one of those guys where you have to. Now, a lot of people, the sort of dynasty community will talk to you about market share and how mm-hmm. much their their receiving yards are as a portion of, you know, your t- team's total. And you're whatever, say, Justin Jefferson this past season, you have 
1,300 yards or whatever it was, but you pass for 6,000 yards, that's not a big market share. No. Jalen Rager, 1,000 yards back in 2018. They only passed for like 2,500 yards that year. <laughs> so that was like almost, you know, that was like 40% of the team's passing yards. We're going to him. And that like, that's much more, uh, the market share is an indicative stat of, uh, you know, basically how featured you were in any given offense. And basically he was their passing offense that year. When they were throwing down the football field, it was to him. So, there is something to be said for that and something to be said for the quarterback situation. Like we said, we've, we've said it ad nauseum, but he's, you'll see next week, going to be a, he's a special athlete, taxed the ball well down the football field, caught almost 50% of his contested targets back in 2018. Now, it's worth like, questioning some of the bad things that happened this past season, seven drops on 50 catchable. That's a worrisome rate. Uh, some of his contested catches uh, didn't have show nearly as well in those, obviously concerning, but I'm going to bank on what I saw as a sophomore. Like, if you did a sophomore chances are you're probably going to be pretty damn good. And I think with Jalen Rager, some some bring up that, you know, ball skills aren't there, didn't show up in contested catch situations in 2019, but you've seen it with yeah. him. He attacks the ball very well. Doesn't doesn't always win those or whatever it may be, but I think he approaches the ball in those situations at, at, at a very high level. And for that reason, I think you can project him as a guy that goes and gets the ball at the next level. Jumping to Brandon Ayuk, the Arizona State receiver. You know, some are former Juco prospect, Juco transfer, I mm-hmm. believe. And he's high on PFF's rankings. I'll be honest with you, Mike, I need you to explain this to me because I, I don't really I'm not in lo- I'm not in love with Ayuk's tape so one he's the guy who has the crazy wingspan mm-hmm. the wingspan of a six oh that's right 81 guy. inches right 81 I was, inch I was about to say 81 span. feet but <laughs> probably not I mean if it's like an actual never mind I was gonna say an actual foot could be a no nope, that's all go ahead go ahead all right go let's ahead. let's edit that one out in the post is <laughs> 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 that was explosives off like he's gonna test really well probably a low four fours guy uh turns into a running back basically after the catch uh has one of the highest you know yards after the catch rates uh, of any receiver in the country this past season uh doesn't run the crispest of routes uh, really only a one-year wonder like he was seeding targets to Nikhil harry last year which obviously he also didn't concerning. run a ton of different routes yeah and very much that offense is like a slant go type of offense at arizona state what he was running uh not great at the catch point despite that length which was only three of 14 contest catches in an entire college career that's obviously worrisome uh but i think the athleticism and the body type and the fact that he's already uh, this productive this early on, I, I think is still. I, I'll bet on that. Like I'll bet on the guy. He needs that to has test well, stuff. though. Yeah. I, I want to see it. I, I, I think you see that some of that explosiveness, especially against off coverage, what he does after the catch, he can burn some people down. Didn't get an opportunity to see him at the Senior Bowl. Was flagged in the physical for yeah. uh, for flagged as a physical for whatever it was. But Brandon Yuke did not participate in the Senior Bowl. I think he needed that. Seeing him participate in the one on ones would have been big for me. Right, right now, Brandon Ayuk needs a big combine for me to go back to the tape and try and find things I like. Uh, Denzel Mims of Baylor, talk about a guy who blew up at the Senior Bowl. He rose up PFF's draft board by what oh, yeah. 20, 30 spots after dominating across a very diverse route tree at the Senior Bowl. I think Denzel Mims not a diverse route tree at Baylor. Didn't get a chance to see a ton of it, and then he goes to the Senior Bowl. Really does dominate. I think Denzel Mims is one of, one of my favorites in this class. When you get to that day two yeah. type of option, I want to see what he jumps at the combine because he fly like him and he makes some catches where he's just like towering over dbs the way he can sky uh no inconsistent with it and they basically just pumped him targets this past year down the football field giving him those sort of chances even if they weren't great so he had 113 targets only caught 66 of them some of that's on charlie brewer just being you know butt cheeks this last year but (laughs) some of that's also on you know he doesn't have great hands like he had 18 drops over the past two years uh 24 in his career 
with only 186 receptions. That's those are focused drops. So I mean, it's a concerning you, you, rate. You see the it's drops. Over 10%. Yeah, it's over yeah. 10 percent. I do agree it's a concern, but it's not as big of a concern when you see guys that don't have good ball skills because I think yeah. I do think Denzel Mims does approach the ball well. Yeah, and it's very much concentration drops. But the word with him is explosiveness. Like you see it again and again throughout his routes. He's a well built 6'3, 215. This dude, he's got a lot going for him. And like I said, all these guys, these top guys right now, I think all within our top 35 players that we've mentioned. So mm-hmm. we're high on, on this wide receiver class. I mean, least. rightfully so. I mean, this receiver class is absurd. I mean, you yeah. saw that at the senior bowl. I mean, KJ Hill was really good. I mean, we're going to talk about him a little bit later in the podcast, but there was just so much talent in this receiver class. And I think Denzel Mims, like I said, one of my favorite options on day two. I want to pull up a stat here. I want to dive into Denzel Mims right before we jump off, but go watch that game against georgia it was not it was not a great game against mm-hmm. georgia and oklahoma those last two games he got locked up pretty bad parnell motley who was yeah. a combine snub really stuck it to him in, in press man coverage uh, in that baylor game that conference they also lost game. their starting quarterback and just stopped true. no 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 that's so. true that's true but i think so, there's some tape late in his season where you could mm-hmm. maybe see some concerns in mims game but still one of my favorites let's jump to michael pittman jr of usc another big receiver in this class one of my favorite things to bring up with pittman is when we did talk to him about the senior bowl he's not going to get tagged as an elite separator like a Rager, Ruggs, Judy, Lamb. And I brought that up. And it's like, separation is king in the NFL. That's what evaluators mm-hmm. want to see. What's your take? And he said, honestly, if I catch the ball, that means I was open. <laughs> and I think that's a good take for Michael Pittman. Great in contested catch situations, great ball skills, physical and wins with his physicality. I think he does catch a lot of footballs as well. Yeah, he's not going to be your downfield guy. And that's why we're a little lower on him than the rest. But in terms of those underneath, intermediate, you know, we're Basically, we're like Michael Thomas of the Saints. So it's kind of been like who we've said is his sort of like what what his best case scenario sort of is, uh, is you separate so much on the underneath intermediate. And then even if you don't have a lot of separation, your QB still trusts you because you have such good ball skills. You're such big size. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will win at the catch point continually in that area. That's what Michael Pittman brings to the table. That's the kind of skill set he has. That's why Halden, you know, 70, almost 76% of his passes this year, 133 targets. He caught 101 of those. Wow. Like that's a crazy rate for a guy that's never happens. And he wasn't necessarily their screen guy. They weren't pumping him. Those sort of targets in USC this year. Those are just like underneath intermediate chain moving type of targets. He is your, he is your definition of obsession receiver. Uh, and he's very, 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 very good at that. I think you mocked him in the second round of the Baltimore Ravens in a recent mm-hmm. mock draft. I, I really do like that fit. Getting a bigger body receiver there that can block. I mean, you get it. You need receivers that can block in Baltimore. The if, if, there, we'll if there's one offense that needs a blocking receiver, it is Baltimore. Michael Pittman there. All right, jumping to Juwan Jennings. I, you really like this guy before this guy. the Senior Bowl, and he kind of dropped a little bit after the Senior Bowl. Didn't separate at the level you wanted yeah, to see. Just, Did, didn't have the, the week that others did have. But Juwan Jennings still fantastic after the catch at Tennessee. Had some of the highest yards after the catch per reception numbers we've seen in the pff college era forced a ton of missed tackles former quarterback recruit turned receiver big bodied slot receiver i really do like his fit in the nfl yeah so his numbers are obviously going to be not as good considering the passing offense he was in at tennessee was not as good and the guy switched from wide from qb to wide receiver was course of his career at tennessee uh absurd after the catch just so talented so good at getting off the line of scrimmage too. showed at that at the senior bowl 30 broken tackles this year on 59 catches uh, but he might run like a mid four sixes yeah he might run like a four six five the speed was a concern in mobile and he's not he's big he's six three two oh eight but he's not like big big where it's like six three two twenty five and you're like 
kicking dude's ass at the catch point. That's not going to be him. Like he is, he's good there, but not elite at, in that regard. So he's more of your big slot, but like you can throw screens to him and he'll make stuff happen after the catch. I don't know. I just think he's, uh, I, I want him on my football team. Like I think there's a lot you can do with a guy like that. Very simple. That's I don't simple. have a football team, yeah, but yeah. I want him on it. That's uh, all right. This next guy is a, a polarizing prospect. And I think that's an understatement. Tyler yeah, Johnson, Tyler Johnson in Minnesota was PFF's highest graded receiver in football this past year. And he's earned a 90 plus PFF receiving grade each of the past two seasons. Yeah. Production speaks for itself. Top 10 yards per route both year. Top 10s, top 10 in yards per route run each of the past two seasons. And also, I mean, his tape is good. Like, I think he can separate at a high level. Drops are a concern. He has some yeah. drops problems. We talked about that with him before the season started. He said, that's my number one thing I want to get better at is mm-hmm. drops. But releases are special. I think you've comped, so him, to, you've comped him to Devontae Adams at, at a certain point. I think Still Tyler do. Johnson, I don't understand why people don't like this guy. He's not, he, he's not going to run fast. Probably like four six. Four six, really? Yeah, man. I, I mean, like, I, don't, I don't, he's not going to break four or five. Like, he, I don't think he's that fast. Um, he plays a lot from the slot, and some of it is schemed ish production. But he's so good at the line of scrimmage, and so like shifty line. He's one of the best route runners in the country. The guy we're probably going to say next might be the best route runner in the country, but he's right up there with him, and has six two two hundreds, good size. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, like the polarizing nature. Drops are a huge concern, though. Like the drops, you're going to have to live with them. 24 drops only on 214 catches in his career. Uh, It's just going to be something you live with, but uh, that's a small portion of the game. You run a four six though. I mean, now yeah. now a comp that kind of comes to mind is Cooper Cup. Yeah, Sim- like that's in terms of, like Cooper Cup, like graded the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. That's where he creates his separation. He's not a burner by any means, but you find this guy with two or three yards of separation all the time. I think I think if you get into a receiver that is running above four six or high five four five four fives high yeah. four fives. A what now? This, this is a receiver that you can still win with at the next level. Drops are still an issue. But again, I don't see why Tyler Johnson is mocked as like this day three mm-hmm. travesty like some others see him as. I'll say him, him, Tyler Johnson, and KJ Hill are very, very similar wide receivers. The next guy on our list. Okay. And I think we have him at similar like day two, mid day two grades. I would take mm-hmm. them at the back end of the second, top of the third if I'm if I need a wide receiver. Yeah. Like they're both very talented route runners. KJ Hill just put on a clinic at the senior bowl. Uh, didn't get featured a ton in his offense this past year, but like when he has, he's caught over 70% of his targets every year of his career, uh, 75.6 for his entire career. Uh, he's just, dude, dude's, dude's very shifty along his routes, uh, very nuanced. Uh, I think he's a very easy projection. Uh, very Patriots esque wideout. Yeah, and I think you made a comp to like a Julian Edelman type, like yeah. KJ Hill. I think that's a great comp for yeah. the Ohio State receiver that blew up the Senior Bowl. And I think when you go back to his tape, there was not a. I watched every single target. There was not a single target where he had press scrim- press at the line of scrimmage. This guy yeah, just doesn't just, see it. Yeah. He just does not see press press at the line of scrimmage. But when we went to the Senior Bowl, every one on one rep or nearly all of them starts with press, and the dude dominated. Was toasting fools. He's saying Bassey's still thinking about it. Nightmares of KJ Hill, but KJ Hill looked very good. The, the Senior speed's Bowl. bad. Though. No, but yeah. Another guy again, four six. But like he's got good change of direction, good good agility, and yeah. can create separation early in the route. And I think yeah. that has value at the next level. Justin Jefferson, another guy that didn't see a ton of press, you know, ton of press coverage, but has all this production. Really blows up with his move to the slot at LSU. Also blows up because Joe Burrow blew yeah. up and was putting the ball perfectly. He ranked in the top three in percentage of targets that were um, accurate or accurate plus in PFF's that ball helps. charting. That helps when you have <laughs> Joe Burrow under center. But Justin Jefferson, I wrote a piece on him a few weeks back. I think the don't buy into the production blow up. Yes, he's a crafty, creative slot receiver that can mm-hmm. create separation and find holes in zone. But this isn't a guy that can create. Separation 
separation as an outside receiver, and I wouldn't draft him ahead of guys that could. Yeah, his his ball skills were awesome, though, in terms of contested situations this past year. Uh, again, some of that's Burrow putting it in the spot where only he can catch it in those situations, but he hauled in 12 of 13 contested targets. That's, yeah. one of the, that's one of the highest rates I've ever seen. Very good after the catch as well. Broke 23 tackles on 111 catches this year. Uh, I think he's just solid across the board. He doesn't do a ton, though, that gets me like super excited, but he's also young. Not even yeah. 21 years old yet. So uh, we might be a little low on this guy. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be low on the guy, though, that I haven't seen necessarily beat coverage consistently. Yep. I'll gladly like I'll be too late on that guy. I'm interested sure. to see how he tests. I agree with you on the ball skills, and I think he's very good in that regard. And that's going to help him in like this kind of slot role at the next level where he's kind of maybe sees more contested targets than he did yeah. see at the end of uh, at the college level. But I think Justin Jefferson um, still great from a ball skills perspective. KJ Hamler, another slot receiver at the next level. But you want to talk about not that, so great from the ball skills, not so. not so great from a ball skills, but. Talk about speed. I mean, this guy's got ridiculous speed, ridiculous athleticism. I think he's fantastic after the catch. He's he's a guy you want to get involved near the line of scrimmage or you know slot fade. Get him a slot fade, but you're going to have to put it right on him. Because I'll tell you right now, this guy does not have a great catch radius and can sometimes approach the ball pretty poorly. 12 drops and 68 catchable for for this past season. Uh, It's concerning. That's that's a massive, that's a monster rate. Like Mm -hmm. I think that's the highest rate of any guy on this list, which is... Uh, I mean, they weren't they weren't as big of an issue, but still four drops and forty six catchable back in two thousand eighteen. So that that's not that's not good though. Still, yep. like that's still like eh. so. He's just so so explosive though with the ball in his hands. He's fun. I, I hate to use fun, fun to watch, but KJ Hamler is fun to yeah. watch. This guy when he gets the ball in his hands is a difference maker. Yeah, I mean, but he he's not your outside. He's not going to be Deshaun Jackson where you can line him up on the outside no. and wins down the field. You got to get him into space. You just like they have to get that speed one on one with safety for him to win. But the speed is legit. McCole Hardman esque, so. maybe. I don't know. I think they're, yeah, they're in similar that, in that more year. in that vein than the other than the Deshaun Jackson vein. All right, Van Jefferson of Florida, another guy that had a really really good Senior Bowl. I was very impressed with his route mm-hmm. running ability. I, I think he's a solid overall receiver. I don't think he has a ton of greatness in his game. But Van Jefferson, I think so. A lot of people bring up or evaluators have brought up. Look at his LSU tape. Look at his LSU tape. The first half of that game, the dude gets a locked up like no chance against yeah. these lsu cornerbacks and the first series of the third quarter right out of the half he has a couple nice back shoulders against Derek stanley and then he, he sets up a nice slant release and gets a couple slants against him too i think they, mm-hmm. you saw what van jefferson can do at the top of his game in that lsu tape but i will say this you don't see it consistently yeah you rarely see him beating cornerbacks consistently with separation yeah so father was a is a wide receiver coach. Father. I don't know if I've ever heard you use the word father. Well, it's, it's accurate. His father is a wide <laughs> receiver coach. Um, so he's, as one would think, he's a very nuanced route runner. He's very good in that regard. I don't think he's special athletically. I think he still could stand to put on some more weight. Like, he's very slightly built still. Doesn't win a ton at the catch point. Uh, the, like, contact around the route really like stop this guy in his tracks. It was really not uh, anything in that regard and hasn't, hasn't added a lot after the catch, which you'd think shifty guy, good route runner, only 17 broken tackles on 174 career catches is a low, low rate for a college wide receiver. So concerns in those regards, uh, he's just kind of like, if you get him on day three, like he can be, he can be a nice number two receiver. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, jumping to John Hightower of Boise State. You really like this guy going into the 2019 season, and oh, yeah. for good reason. It earned an 85.3 PFF receiving grade in 2018 this past year, dropped to 73.2, but still has the speed, still a deep threat. I think battled some some quarterback woes at Boise State, to put it lightly. Yeah, freshman. But, yeah, but I, I, I do think John Hightower is not talked about enough in this class. Yeah, I mean, he's got legit deep speed again. Another guy who's probably going to run uh, – 
sub four four. Like he has that straight line juice and has some size to him too at six two. Straight line juice. I like straight that. Straight line juice. Use it. Steal it. I might um, steal it. But yeah, I, I think that's what if you're drafting Giant Hotower, that's what you're drafting for. And and also, like we were talking about Hamler's like a scheme open guy. He was winning outside receiver down the football field. You saw him get off press and then stack receivers down the football field. He can do that. He can be your deep threat from the outside, not just your scheme guy open from slot sort of thing. All right, Devin Duvernay of Texas. We're moving here through quickly. Remember, if you want, if you want twenty seven of these, guys. yeah, if you want more analysis on these receivers, go to pff.com on February twenty fourth. There's literally a three page profile on every one of these guys, and over two hundred over two hundred fifty total prospects going to be available to Edge and Elite subscribers. You can get it as low as nine ninety nine. Support PFF, get the draft guide. All right, do, moving to Devin Duvernay, dude had a ridiculous production because he was fed the football from yeah. the slot in a very pass heavy offense in Texas. Caught one hundred and five balls from one hundred and twenty targets on his way to an 89.6 pff receiving grade forced a ton of missed tackles 23 forced missed tackles didn't didn't really wow me at the senior bowl i don't think this is a guy that you put on the outside and he can win on yeah. one-on-one coverage but what he does after the catch is impressive i think he's got a stocky build 5 foot 11 210 not easy to bring down in the open field in my opinion but again i got I, sometimes i don't i hate to say it but adjust a guy in the slot a, a little bit i feel like he's another guy in the lynn bowden uh, oh yes. to where throw this guy a running back a little bit. He's five five eleven, two ten. He looks I'm like a running you. back. I am with. He you. has pretty legit speed. Former track guy, uh, very good ball skills. Uh, he has only six drops on one hundred eighty one catchable in his entire college career. Like he is very good in that regard. But he's just uh, him running routes was just you could tell he's still so raw. That's I think the reason why it took him until uh, you know this past year, his senior year, to even get you know any sort of targets he had more actually catches this year on screens than he did uh catches in all he had 42 screen receptions this past year and 41 catches in all of 2018 so he very much took that slot role in texas offense where they kind of fed him so the numbers are a little phony in that regard his 105 catches are a little production as we call it yeah faux production pumped but i i do think he is that's that's who he is though he, he is your screen guy he is your slot guy who will provide something after the catch and has the speed to challenge safeties, but not a nuanced route. What per, so here's the thing with that. What, what percentage of your plays in a, in a given game do you want to run slot receiver screens or slot crossers? Not a ton. Yeah. Not a ton. I'll tell you that right now, Double. especially when it's third and long and you're trying to actually make a big play here. Yeah. And with Devin Duvernay, I think we brought this a, a handful of times up on the podcast, but I, I'll, I'll put the exclamation point on it again. Moving these smaller slot types at receiver to running back is a very good decision. Get a ton of value out of a receiver by pushing him at running back a running back with good receiving ability that will undoubtedly get you know put on linebackers mm-hmm. and safeties is a good thing for your offense i think we don't see it enough yeah, i was just say that's like the wave in college football is these guys who can go back and forth saw memphis do it a ton i, I think we're gonna tony see, pollard and antonio gibson yeah, both had that similar i think role. we're gonna see that come to the nfl i'm waiting for it i mean i'm really excited for it actually staying with texas right under devin duvernay is colin johnson the big monster receiver for texas doesn't have a a ton of straight line juice straight line nectar if you will but he does have um he does have got straight line like milk yeah yeah (laughs) it's not it's not i'm not a ton of speed colin johnson and i will say Uh, this he's a big dude right uh, justin herbert is taller and heavier than colin johnson that i found absurd to me (laughs) at the senior bowl justin herbert needs design runs at the next level i'll I'll freaking i'll bang (laughs) for that right now get this guy playing in the back talk to me about colin johnson um the colin johnson's just he just he like 
straight line you just talked about, like he like almost is like scampering down the football field. I don't know the way he runs. Dude, his releases are awkward. weird. His releases aren't good. He gets any guy gets his hands on him and he's like not getting off. Uh, but he has some. He'll show some physicality at the top of the route. He's obviously at six six two twenty. Like he's going to be able to like get above. You know, he's yeah. going up against Isang Bassi, and it's not going to end well for <laughs> yeah. that guy. So, but that's why you don't have those smaller cornerbacks in the NFL. So he's only he's not going to face. He's not going to have that physical dominance that he can show. Uh, I, I just. I don't know. I, I don't love. There's not much I fall in love with outside of just him being size. big. Yeah, yeah he's exactly, big. Exactly. He can climb the ladder because he's already at the top of it. Mm-hmm. But with Colin Johnson, you you showed you sent me a couple of his releases. He does this like back step release where he takes oh, a little man. bit of a a little bit of a stutter step behind the line of scrimmage and then comes back up. But like it's not fast enough for the cornerback to really react, and it just ends up looking awful. He goes back. You need to drop some of those on the timeline. I actually do. Drop some of those on the timeline. I'll slap you a little RT if if you're feeling it. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Austin Mack, Ohio State, the next receiver on this list. We're gonna burn through these next few guys here, all of which will be in the PFF 2020 NFL Draft Guide come February 24th. But Austin Mack came to the Senior Bowl, was a late addition, I think, to the Senior Bowl. And I, you know, we didn't think of think much of him going mm-hmm. into that week, but I thought he looked good. I, I yeah, I mean, these Ohio like State receivers don't see a routes. ton of press coverage, but when yeah. they do, I think they can actually run some routes. Yeah, he runs good routes, has solid hands, just very much a guy as an athlete. Is the biggest thing. And no production whatsoever. He got absolutely, you know, that's it's not obviously a death knell with how much talent has been at Ohio State, but he has been really bad over the course of his career in that regard. So you just like don't have a big sample size to work with when you don't have a guy catching a lot of passes. Uh, to me, to me, he's kind of like he's like one of those guys that ends up a UDFA and then makes a roster uh, and is like a third wide receiver who's like, oh, how that guy, how that guy, how was that guy a UDFA? Uh, he's actually like can do some stuff, but he's never going to you're never going to get too excited about him. He's always going to be your three and you're never going to be like, oh, man, he's never he's never going to go for like more than 800 yards. All right. Next guy on the list, Calvin Johnson. I mean, Antonio Gandy Golden. It, it kind of jumped to it, yeah. but I know. So I saw something on Freudian your on, slip. I saw I saw something on your timeline where you, I don't know who the analyst was, but it was, was James Jones, a former NFL wide receiver who played against Calvin Johnson and was comparing Antonio Gandy Golden to the could be the next Calvin, Calvin Johnson, I, I find that honestly absurd. I will say this. I want to talk positives with Antonio Gandy-Golden before we get into how he's not Calvin Johnson. But he did surprise me with some straight-line speed at the he, Senior Bowl. Yes. I, I think he separated well at the Senior Bowl. He he did not. He'll probably so he was up 4-5 five. Yeah, he was 6 four, two twenty. which he is He was nice. a Liberty receiver that could have easily shown up and looked a lot like a Liberty receiver. But yeah. he actually showed out against Power 5 competition. Former gymnast. I know you used to do some gymnastics too in Chicago, but Antonio Gandy golden was impressive. I think at the Mm -hmm. senior bowl. And for that reason, elevated his stock slightly, in my opinion, not to Calvin Johnson levels. I don't see him as the number two overall Mm -hmm. pick, but I do. I do think Antonio Gandy golden could be a pleasant surprise on day three. He was hard to evaluate because the competition level was so bad and they would just throw him jump balls again. Yes. 138 (laughs) targets. And it was just like, go get it, go get it, go get it. And so like you're the only athlete on the field. Yeah. (laughs) And so he did end up, you know, 79 catches, 1,397 yards this past year, 10 touchdowns, broke 16 tackles. But those are kind of phony numbers that you just don't really know what to do with. But I do think at 6'4", 220, he has he's he will be a deep threat at the next level to some degree. And I don't think he's I don't think he's your possession receiver. So he's we talked about Michael Pittman being good on the underneath intermediate range. I don't see that as nearly as much with Antonio Gandy Golden, but I think he gets off the line of scrimmage better than a lot of big wide receivers, and I think he has a lot more speed than a lot more big wide receivers. So there's something to work with there. Now where do we draft that? 
I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but probably end of day two, early day three. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Oregon State product. This guy's hard to fall in love with for me. I I think he's graded well, specifically because he does does well in contested catch situations compared to other receivers. Oh, he's absurdly good. I mean, compared to anyone, he has the probably the best ball skills of any wide receiver in the country. And here's here's what I'll say right after that: Judy Lamb, whatever. He has three drops on 179 career catchable, and he's playing on the outside going down the football yes. field. Those, those are ridiculous numbers. Best ball skills in, in the country. Best ball skills in this class because he needs them, though. This guy doesn't create separation to save his life. I mean, this guy's going to really struggle to create separation at the level you need to to have consistently open targets at the next level. Yeah, he is... I mean, Marcus Colston is kind of like his upshot. That's, in terms that's, of just a, great, like, that's a great upside, like, <laughs> high-end comp. Like, if you, you if you can get to Marcus Colston levels, that's your ideal role at the next level. Yeah, I think the Saints would love this guy in the slot. Or Drew Brees would love this guy in the slot just because, like, he, he can adjust off target passes really well if he is open. Mm-hmm. Like, him getting open is, is the very is difficult, difficult yeah. part. He is so... And that's why we're not as high on him. I mean, yeah. Isaiah Hodgins, you say best ball skills in the class, and yet he's still not even in the top 10 of our receiver rankings because separation still matters much more. The athleticism and that ability to create separation before and after the catch is much more valuable yeah. at the next level than contested catchability and ball skills, but he still's got him. And he has absolutely nothing after the catch. I mean, he has averaged 3.2 yards after oh, the man. catch for his career. Broken 11 tackles on 176 catches. So his upside might be year eight, Marcus Colston. Yeah. Because <laughs> Marcus Colston at least had a little juice in the beginning. Yeah. Some juice, some nectar, but, if we want to get to there. But <laughs> there's just, it's such a weird, he, he's a weird prospect. Yeah. And I don't know necessarily what to, how to evaluate him because he is, it'll just limit you. Like he's not going to get off the line of scrimmage. He's not going to separate. And at that point, uh, like, can you consistently win with them? Can you consistently? Exactly. I don't know. Gabriel Davis, UCF, the, the next receiver on in, on this book here. Got, he has some straight line juice. He's got some speed yes. down the sideline. But after that, I think Big he's dude. a bit raw. Yeah, super raw. Like his routes stink. And he's running a limited route tree and the routes still stink. Which is Oh, like, man. He, so he runs that UCF That's route like tree. That's like Corey Coleman. Which is like the, it's like the Baylor route tree, actually. So it's the, the go, go slant post is like accounted for... 80% of his yards. And if you're sloppy on the goal slant post, you're going to be sloppy when he tries to get a little, when you're trying to get a little more unique. Or exactly. Trying to take like, some level. He's running, like he's running slants where rounding a slant, like oh. rounding a slant's difficult to do. Rounding slants. <laughs> They're just very sloppy routes. Crazy production, but another guy where only caught 56% of his targets, but you know, 128 targets, 72 catches, 1,241 yards, 12 touchdowns. I think he's very good at the catch point. I, I really like his physicality that he plays with down the football field, and he probably will run at you know six three two twelve. He might run sub four five, might be like four four five guy. So he has some speed to him, but again, he just feasted on level of competition and kind of that UCF offense with the routes they're making him run. Uh, he's not as good as those numbers might suggest. He's kind of. He's just super raw at this point. So that's a day three kind of guy, in my opinion. All right. Tyree Cleveland, the Florida wideout. He was a late add to the senior bowl. Had some some impressive reps. But if you go back to his production at Florida, this guy doesn't have a season with more than 25 receptions. Only 79 receptions in four years at Florida. There's not a lot to go off of in his tape. But I mean, was he does have speed, though. He, I think he's legit yeah. fast. Yeah, he, he has some speed, but like he wasn't separating it wasn't i don't know how to describe it. like there wasn't a second gear to mm-hmm. him to where like he gotcha. gets on top of a guy and then he's going even faster uh he was very much i, I described him uh, unfortunately as just a guy he got yeah. the just a guy label which is never good never good you never want to be in that that yeah. that's here chase claypool not just a guy this guy's a monster i think he should here's my take on chase claypool he needs to beef up another t- another 10 15 pounds and play tight end why not tell me why not do you if you're not a top 
because all, all of a sudden, like the league needs any tight end that can move, yes. whatsoever. Like uh, Darren Waller does it, and all of a sudden, a thousand yards. Dude, he was a top three tight end in yards yeah. per out run and in PFF receiving grade, and he's a former receiver convert. That yeah. like, I mean, had had a rough had a rough road to the NFL and still yeah. producing at high level. I mean, he's six four, two thirty. That's like one giant trip to a Chinese buffet. Yeah, true. You get up to that's you like, get up to yeah. tight end size. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like just skip the skip the cardio. You go to the cardio one week. Exactly. You yeah. go CC's Pizza. You drop eight bucks on the unlimited pizza, and then you just go all in. And next thing you know, you're an NFL tight end. That's the that's the road it takes for Chase Claypool. And it shouldn't be like that. And he's would offer much more value there. Mm-hmm. I just think he's not going to win consistently on the outside at that size. He had a Lohi Gilman put him on the ground and press coverage at the Senior Bowl. Lohi Gilman's a safety uh, <laughs> and small. And yeah, like that's. His best not. Chase Claypool's best routes at the Senior Bowl were like looked like WWE moves. Like he was like yeah, throwing kicks sure. to the ground mm-hmm. and like creating separation that way. But like again, he's not, end, at yeah. a tight end, at tight end. You start to really like this prospect mm-hmm. at receiver. You have concerns about his ability to separate, and his ball skills aren't yeah. on the level of Isaiah Hodgins, to where yeah. you can't can't fail to separate and not be that great from a contested catch. It's like what we're saying about like Lynn Bowden and. Devin Duvernay, it's like if you're just that wide receiver, you're not offering me that much that some of these other guys aren't. Yeah. If you go, if you've got that versatility, mm. now we're talking. All right, Courtney Davis, Texas A&M. Give me the skinny on him. I, we we got to move quick. I mean, he is skinny. That, that's, <laughs> he's just skinny, not physical at all along his routes. Uh, has some speed, has some athleticism, some foot quickness. I do think he's got good foot speed, but I don't think he puts it all together. Is no, my thing. It's like, not. like I, I watch a ton of his tape. I mean, people reaching out saying, like, "Hey, you got to watch Courtney Davis. He's got this foot speed. He has this athleticism." But like. You see some impressive releases, but why is the cornerback still there? You see some <laughs> of this, like you see some good speed down the sideline, he but like, he's yet? still getting blanketed. And I think some of that is just not putting it together. I think the phys- physicality is a concern. I think contact you mentioned. I think something you mentioned that I think I need to get better at evaluating receivers is how does contact affect you along the route? Contact affects Courtney Davis a, a lot. whole lot down yeah. the route, and I think you see built. that. You better be quick as shit. Yep. I don't think he is. Yep. Brian Edwards. I think he's been comped on the timeline to Michael Thomas or is it oh, just Randy God, Moss? Yes. I don't know. But Brian Edwards of South Carolina, sucks. a bigger receiver that yeah. I honestly don't love his tape. So much of his production came on screens. If you're going to talk to me about half of his catches were screens. If you're going to talk to me about dominator rating or market share, yeah. dude, this guy had so many screen passes thrown to him. It was absurd. I think it was over 40% of his targets mm-hmm. over the past two years. Like don't well, over you, half this year, over half his catches this year were screens. And There's a lot of the things I'll do is like watch for cornerbacks and receivers is going to PFF ultimate and filter to targets of five plus yards. And this guy doesn't have a ton of them. A lot of them are coming at or near the line of scrimmage. And with that, and that's just so hard to project. Can you win on a vertical route tree at the next level? Yeah. His average depth target was only 8.5 yards down the field. You got some other guys in class of like 15. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was really short. Uh, he was not exceptional in contested situations. Only six to 13 big bodied, uh, and he's pretty athletic, but I just don't see any like six three two fifteen. I don't see much nuance route running. Yeah. And again, for over half your catches to be screens, just he just was not winning down the football field a ton. Three receivers left. Bear with us here on the Wednesday edition of Two for One Drafts. We're going to start with Donovan Peoples Jones, the Michigan receiver that I've seen called a first round talent in this class. I might differ on him more than like any other wide receiver in terms of like. I can't get on board with it. I can't. He just does like people are saying it's the quarterback situation that cost him there. It's like, no, we, he cost himself. Like he wasn't, he yeah. wasn't good. Well, like, I will say that Shea Patterson much. wasn't good. Yeah, I Shea mean, it wasn't good, but he wasn't like open or getting open. You go to the Ohio state game where he had a bunch of chances and he was dropping them left and right. I think, oh, that was a bad game for game. DPJ. Yeah. And that's like, Oh, there's your one chance you get against legit top flight cornerbacks and you're, you know, pooping the bed again. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you expect? 
three of 12 targets he caught in that game. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. How many drops? Three. Three drops? Jeez. And with DBJ, are, are we just are we just scouting that he was a five-star recruit with a good acronym? I don't know. Because, like, acronym <laughs> scouting is scouting. real. Like, DPJ is hot. Like, I really do like saying that at the next level. But, again, <laughs> if you're not separating, if you're not producing on the football field, they got to drop you down the board a little bit. DPJ, yeah. though, I can get on board with the nickname. <laughs> Kalijah Lipscomb. Going into this season, I said, look for Kalijah Lipscomb because there's this play on a screen <laughs> where he, like, Kentucky makes this guy, show. like, eats like he like eats his own face mask on this play. Like, he doesn't even know where he is after this juke move by Kalijah. Lipscomb and you even see it there's one there's a, after the catch there's a slant against Christian Fulton he got locked up that entire game but there's one slant against Christian Fulton where he makes a nice contested catch and then makes the safety miss and goes for a touchdown in that game where Vanderbilt got blown out yeah you you see what he can do after the catch but before the catch don't just don't count on this guy exactly. making Eight, this guy miss 18 broken tackles on 45 catches this year that's crazy high rate but like a majority of the catches were screens or underneath the scheme stuff does not win down the football field. Uh, slightly built guy with he actually has some some good speed to win downfield, but like you just another guy older receiver too, right? How old twenty two already? Yeah, so, yeah. I, I I don't know how you win with him at the next level as like a primary target. I think he's a depth piece that yeah. I, you read some. I read some of the interviews with him and stuff like a, a leader type, a, a guy that's gonna be great in the locker room. I think on special teams day three you feel good about a Kalijah Lipscomb kind of already comes in with an older character. But again, don't expect this guy to be this like true number one or even like a number one slot guy at the next level. Last guy on the list. And I don't think he's our last ranked receiver. This last few have been a little bit jumbled in order, but James. Crochet of SMU, I think had a bad senior bowl week. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Did not create a ton of separation. Had, and if you had a bad senior bowl week, considering the corners that were there. Oh, man. That doesn't bode well for you. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, and it, he did go against Troy Pride a ton, though. And Troy Pride what, was locking people down. What it basically told me was, you know, the guy is 5'11", 195 or something like that. Like, he's was on the shore side, but you can sometimes, if you have enough juice, you can win with that on the outside. To me, it told me he's slot only yep. at the next level. and Slot so can, only with great ball skills. That's the thing. It's like you can win with a guy like that because his ball skills are so good. Over the course of his career, They're only stupid. nine drops on 311 catches. So the production was off the charts for him. Attacks the football in the air. Uh, I think he'll be a quarterback's best friend because he's not going to be hanging you out to dry. Uh, on a lot of stuff like he, he'll take hits has no problem with that physical tough yeah. receiver Scored i mean 15 I, times this past year uh or 10 catches like he gets to the end zone but not super athletic already 23 years old you just got to know who he is i mean in preparation for the senior bowl I, I watched a ton of his tape and i, I came away with like you know create some separation here and there against some bad i think aac competition but th- this guy time i think every game had this a highlight real catch in a contested catch situation and when you're that small and you're doing it consistently you really do love those ball skills older receiver i'd rather have a james prochet than a Elijah lipscomb and i might be on board 100%. with ha- having a james prochet over a dpj <laughs> i don't know that, that's, that's kind of how i stand <laughs> anyway so let's get pay extra for that <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Two Foreign Drafts. I know we went over a lot. I think 27 receivers in this class. It'll be in the latest or the newest update of the 2020 NFL Draft Guide. Make sure to tune in to that on PFF.com February 24th. Um, yep, this has been Austin Gale, Mike Renner, Two Foreign Drafts. 